Hello, thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Uh, we joked ahead of time I was sitting really close, and so it was going to be like the shortest slow clap ever. It was going to be a fast, short, slow clap because of my short entrance walk. All right. So uh, I'm really excited to be speaking to you guys tonight on a topic that I feel very strongly about, and I feel very strongly about it because it's something that God has used in my life a lot over the last several years, really over the last decade, uh, this has made a huge difference in my life. Um, I had a couple of questions that I wanted to ask you first, rhetorical, so don't shout out answers to these. But I want to ask you, I mean, have you ever felt lonely despite being surrounded by people, maybe even people who you thought genuinely cared about you? Or have you ever walked into a group of friends and felt completely at home knowing they accurately knew who you were and they still liked you anyways? Have you ever felt stuck in a cycle of experiencing negative consequences over and over and over without a clear direction about how to break the cycle that you're stuck in? So what I'm talking about tonight is what the Bible has to say about living an open and honest life before others. And all three of those questions that I just asked about, all of those are consequences, some good, some bad, of living an open and honest life before others. So before I jump into this, I'd like to pray. God, I ask that you would please um, speak through me tonight, God. Speak through your word uh, into all of our hearts. I ask that you'd please minister to us um, during this time. Please, please help us to understand uh, that these truths and living them out, um, we don't do these things to try to be a good person or try to impress you or impress those around us, God, but because we trust you, and we, um, we believe you, uh, what you say in the Bible, we take you at your word, God, um, and that we trust that living the way you say to live life is actually the best way to live life. I pray these things in Christ's name, amen. So I'm gonna go jump right in. The first blank on your handout there is don't be fake. Ephesians 4.25 says, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are all members one of another. So this verse really drives home that we should have nothing to do with any kind of falsehood or deception. The wording here that talks about putting away falsehood is the idea of completely taking off, shedding in its entirety, any kind of inaccuracy uh, from our communication. The idea of the Greek word talking about truth is more literally translated, don't conceal. It carries with it this very strong meaning of being real and sincere with one another, not hiding or modifying what is true in any way. So when this verse tells us to speak the truth, it is saying unequivocally that our words should line up with reality. I think we're often able to rationalize our deceptive speech, because we just kind of put a filter on what we say. And I don't mean a filter like a sand filter, like, like you take it to the beach like a kid's toy, you know, and you shake it and you filter stuff. Not that kind of filter. I mean more like, it's more like a Snapchat filter. So what it does is it takes reality and it modifies it. And so the end result has elements of truth to it, but it's actually a complete misrepresentation of the truth. I think it's a lot of time what we do with our words. 
We'll say things, and we won't say outright lies necessarily, but we'll withhold certain details or maybe embellish certain details, just really putting a filter on the truth so that the end result is truthful enough to help us not feel bad about what we're saying or how we're relating to people. But we really know in our hearts that we're, we're not communicating reality to those around us. I think we're tempted to do this all the time. I thought of a couple of examples. I thought of these and also some of these I've uh, had conversations with people about in, uh, in recent times. Uh, this first example is, I know when I share this story with my friends, I'm going to modify the details a little bit just for entertainment's sake. You know, like I'm doing it for their benefit, really. Am I? <laughs> no, no, I'm editing the details so that they'll view me as entertaining. That's my, that's my end goal here. So when I do things like that, what I'm valuing is other people's perception of me over being an open and honest person with others. Another example is, uh, and this is, this is when I recently uh, heard from a student. Uh, it was, I know that that online quiz was closed book, closed note but everybody looks at the notes and like Google searches the heck out of it. And so the teacher doesn't really expect us to have closed but closed note, despite that being what, he, what they told us. Now in this case, we're actually just lying to ourselves. We're just deceiving ourselves with this filter of reality. A tricky one that I'm still tempted to do, and this one digs a little deeper into the issue, to be honest. Uh, one that I'm tempted to do a lot, and I used to really struggle with this, is I would feign humility and openness by telling close friends or whoever was discipling me something that I was kind of struggling with, but I'd kind of play it up like it was a big deal. And I would do that because I had this, these deeper, darker issues down here that I really didn't want anybody to know about. And so I tell people about my problems that were up here because they were kind of like forgivable sins type things, you know? Like it was like, oh, like that, that's not good, but it's not horrible. So I had some horrible stuff down here that I don't want people to know about. I'd give people the not horrible stuff so that it looked like I was being an open and honest person. And so they wouldn't ask questions about the deeper issues I was having in life. So even though I wasn't inherently lying, I was purposefully filtering the reality of who I was and what I was going to, to those around me. Do you see how that works with this not concealing the truth idea? That was, I was concealing the truth about my life. When we live our lives as someone who is not open and honest with others, there are real tangible consequences to living that kind of way. And they're rough. And that's what I'm going to, I'm going to touch on these first and then I'll, I'll swing around and be a little bit more uplifting towards the end, hopefully. <laughs> but the first point here is fake people are lonely people. Fake people are lonely people. Like when you put on a face, when you live as a facade of who you really are, nobody knows the real you. And when nobody knows the real you, you know real loneliness. And I say that from experience. I, uh, I lived my life that way all the way up through the beginning of, of my years in college. 
I grew up going to church and to no fault of my family or the church I grew up going to. My main takeaway was how to put on a show. That's what, that was my main takeaway from church. Um, I wanted people to think of me as more mature than I actually was. So I did my best to put on an act to try to impress other people. The result of this was nobody knew what was actually going on in my life. Which sucks because when I struggled, nobody knew I was struggling and they didn't know how to help, even if they wanted to. The longer I put on an act, the harder it became to tell the truth. Because to me, the areas I was actually struggling in seemed beneath me, which is very silly if you think about it logically. But when you're experiencing, it makes sense somehow in our minds. I was like, I'm down here. I'm struggling down here. I want people to think I'm up here. And I've kind of in some ways tricked myself into thinking I'm up here. But I couldn't get any help for the struggles that I was dealing with because I didn't want people to know about them. Like I felt so empty and so lonely because I wanted people to think of me up here. And this goes on to the next point, which really makes sense. Fake people don't grow. Fake people don't grow because where I needed help, growing was down here and nobody could speak into my life in that way. And I had a hard time being honest with myself that I was even struggling with these issues. Now, for the sake of not being annoyingly ambiguous and frankly, to live out a bit of what I'm talking about here, I'll share with you some of the, some of the three biggest things I was secretly dealing with on a regular basis. Uh, first, I was dealing with significant doubts about the reality of God. And this one really had big effects on my life because... Uh, I didn't go to God or his word to help me with any of the other problems I was having because I was sitting here doubting if he was even real in the first place. But I didn't want anybody to know that I was struggling with that. Secondly, I was dealing with issues of lust. And thirdly, I was dealing with regularly fantasizing about killing myself. And a part of why I share these three examples in my life is because I'm sure there's a good amount of us in this room who struggle with at least one of those, if not multiple of those issues as well. These are things we don't like talking to people about. And these are some of the dip, deeper issues in our heart that I think a lot of time never quite all the way leave us. Like, I don't think I'm ever gonna be all the way past any of those three issues. They still always circle around and, and bug the heck out of me. I still struggle with them to this day. How I struggle with them looks very different now, partly because I've been open and honest with some people who could help me and speak into my life in them. And through that, God's really helped me grow and how I deal with them. So it looks different. And that's, that's an encouragement. If you struggle with any of those or some other issues that are really feel really serious and you feel like, you don't know how I'm gonna keep struggling with this for the rest of my life. Even if it is something you'll struggle with the rest of your life, God can help you get better at it. That's the best way I can think to explain it. I've gotten better at dealing with those issues. So even though I still struggle with them, it doesn't like sidetrack me for like weeks or months like it used to. Like it might only be like a few moments and God's really helped me um, to get a grip more quickly. Sometimes it's longer though. So the next point that we're gonna look at is, the next point is that we need to be real. We need to be real. So insert pop culture joke about social media platform. That's all I got. 
Uh, real people are willing to be known. Real people are willing to be known. Not everybody has to know everything, but someone's got to know something. Okay? I'm going to say it again. Not everyone has to know everything, but someone's got to know something about what's going on in your life. And actually, everybody knowing about everything is a bad idea. Okay? Like, that's not healthy. Um, if you're going to end up just using all your friends as emotional crutches, and that's not a great way to carry on friendship. So you do need some boundaries with the people in your life. Uh, I would encourage you really, and what it looked like for me was I had somebody who I saw on at least a weekly basis, so they were around me enough to know what was going on in my life. And they were somebody who I knew, knew God well enough and loved me enough to speak the truth to me even when I didn't want to hear it. So I was willing to be known to them. Hebrews 3.13 says, you must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. Did you catch what that verse said about being deceived by sin? It's a very interesting way of putting uh, the issue of sin. We are deceived by sin. You won't even know you've gotten off track in life if you've been deceived by sin. You won't know you're going down the wrong path. This, it's this idea of like a blind spot in your faith. It's really hard to deal with a blind spot in your life because you're blind to it. So it's very difficult to deal with without somebody else pointing it out and helping you. When it looked, what it looked like for me, like I mentioned before, was finding one dude who was spiritually, more spiritually mature than me who I could trust and confide in. His name was Paul. So I was honest with Paul and he was honest with me. Like I said, even when I didn't necessarily want to hear it. As a result, I found out that some of the doubts I was having about God weren't all that uncommon. And there was actually a lot of really great resources that I could go to, to help me understand some of the reason, reasonable reasons to believe in God. And it really bolstered my faith. He was able to encourage me where I needed encouragement and he was able to push me where I was being lazy and sinful in my life. And the next point is real people have real friends. Real people have real friends. In order to have genuine relationships with others, like you've got to invest time and effort into developing those relationships. You've got to invest time into connecting with the right people. And this is difficult. Like, uh, like Matthew just mentioned, I recently moved. And what I moved, I moved away from my family and my friends and the church I'd been going to for 30 years. And so it was a big move for me. I'd never moved churches in my life. And so it was hard when I first showed up. And like every Sunday when I showed up previously before this, for me, church was a very comfortable place because it was a bunch of like lifelong family friends that were there. Like we all felt like family. And after I moved, I show up to church every Sunday and it didn't have that same feeling like it used to have. And since I've moved there, I've had, it's felt like work trying to develop new relationships there. But it is so worth it. I've been there for about a year and a half now and I already am starting to have that level of connection um, and trust with people there. And it's, it's really, um, it's been really eye-opening to me going through this experience really for the first time in my life at the age of 31. And 
realizing how hard it is. That's why I put this in here because it is work. It does take some tangible effort on your end. What Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says is, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Think we're in the habit of ceasing meeting together is because a lot of time that is easier. And a lot of time that will feel better in the moment, but that doesn't make it the right decision. God created you as a relational being. He created you to utilize that relational aspect of who you are in order to build you up spiritually and to use you to build other people up spiritually. So when we neglect that, it's not only bad for you, you're actually robbing other people of the opportunity of being blessed by you. Don't say that to build you up. The only reason they can be blessed by you is because God's willing to work through us sinful people. But he does. That's how he works so much. It's like one of the reasons why we go to church, you know, it's why we come to challenge. It's not to God make us like us better. It's because he created us to be in healthy community with one another, to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So an interesting fact about me is I have Tourette's. And uh, what Tourette's is essentially is my brain misfires and it causes me sometimes to like say things randomly or make noises or do have random like arm jerks and like head jerks and things like that. Like pretty stereotypical if you ever thought like what someone with Tourette's does. This is pretty much what it looks like. Yeah, it's pretty silly looking. Um, what's essentially happening here is that there's a miscommunication inside of my body. My brain is miscommunicating with another part of my body telling it, that I'm telling it to do something when I'm not actually telling it to do that. What we're called in the Bible, what Christians are called in the Bible is the body of Christ. So when we don't have open and honest and clear community and relationships and communication with one another, like we have miscommunications, we have issues, we have spiritual threats in the body of Christ. We have misfires. And a lot of the times, I think we're experiencing some of the consequences of those misfires. And we don't even make, connect the dots that my lack of being open and honest with others is contributing to this dysfunction in the body. Like we're, we're adding to it. And at the same time, maybe going over here and like complaining to our friends or just like being super annoyed at other people. When we're, we're actually adding to it, and it's really... Um, it's really hard to, to deal with when you experience strife for, or relational conflict with other people who are Christian. And I think you guys have already touched on the subject. You touched on the subject of clear relationships already. I've already touched it. So if you haven't, if you missed that week or if this is maybe a, uh, one of your first weeks coming to challenge, really encourage you to go check out the message on clearing relationships because like that is pivotal for maintaining and, and creating healthy connections with one another in the body of Christ. The next, the next big issue I see a lot of times with that interrupt, um, being an open, honest person with others is being a lone wolf Christian. Because if you're a lone wolf Christian, you got nobody to be open and honest with. 
I've seen quite a few people try to be lone wolf Christians. I've never once met a lone wolf Christian who was thriving in life. Like not, like not once. I don't have a single example. And I've seen a lot of people attempt it. I mean, the context of basically the entire New Testament of the Bible is in community of believers. So when I hear somebody tell me that they're just gonna focus on pursuing God on their own because their relationship with him is something that's really like private and personal. So they don't really need other people anyways to be a part of that. Like what I wanna say is here's a pair of scissors. Like you got a lot of cutting to do in your Bible because you gotta ignore a lot of what it says if you're gonna remove community (laughs) from your life. And I absolutely agree that your relationship with God is personal. I mean, Jesus Christ lived the perfect life, then died a criminal's death. He took all the weight of my sin, all the weight of your sin on his shoulders so that you wouldn't have to. I don't know anything that's more personal than that, but that doesn't make it private. That's an entirely different issue entirely. Your relationship with God is the most personal thing possible, but that does not make it a private matter. And I'm aware of the context in which I'm sharing this with you. (laughs) We're literally at a meeting, right? Like learning about God, like looking at Bible verses. That's why I wanted to end on this point. Because I want to end by saying like, good job. Like you're already doing it. You're all like, this is a good thing, right? Like you're already taking these steps to having an open and honest life before others, being in healthy community and healthy relationships with others. But I also suspect that some of what I've shared tonight might be a little bit challenging. It might make you feel a little uncomfortable. So I wanna share this with you because like, good job. You are already taking steps in this direction, but don't stop where you are right now. Don't become stagnant. Like keep taking steps to grow and living an honest and open life before others. I wanna encourage you, you're already taking, just by being here tonight, you're already taking steps in this direction. But think about what is the next step in this direction. So maybe, maybe you've got somebody who, who's mentoring you and, and you've got some stuff in your life that you've just been like, like I can talk to him, I'm gonna talk to him about like, oh yeah, like I'm trying to read the Bible every day, but like I'll talk to him about that. Oh yeah, I need to pray more, but I'm not gonna talk to him about these things over here. I wanna encourage you, like start drudging up the junk in your life and dealing with it because it's not gonna go away on its own and God wants to help you with it. That's the amazing thing. So you know what the Bible says? God cares about you. He cares about the struggles that you are dealing with and he wants to help you with them. This is part of why he's put people in your life to help you deal with some blind spots, some things that maybe you don't feel strong enough to deal with on your own. God can and will help you with that. I'd put money on it that he wants to use other people to help you with that. See, my life has been massively blessed by God using other people in my life through open and honest relationships. And I'm so thankful I've also had some opportunities where God has used me to bless others through us having open and honest relationships with others, with each other. And so I just wanna close by praying and asking God to help us with this because ultimately, if we try to do any of these things, if we try to do anything in the Bible apart from God's help, like, I don't know, we're just like 
sitting in a rocking chair. Like we're doing a lot of like movement and activity, but we're not getting anywhere. Like we've got to be working with God on these things. He's got to be the one who's giving us movement uh, in these areas of our life. So why don't y'all pray with me? God, I ask that you would please help us first to just pursue you more in our life. I ask that you would please help us to have courage, to be open and honest with somebody who we can trust, who really has integrity integrity in following you and not somebody who we just think is gonna tell us the thing that we want to hear or just feel sorry for us. Help us to be open and honest with people who love us enough to speak the truth to us. I ask that you would please uh, give us guidance and wisdom in our relationships, God. And I ask that you would please use the staff and student leaders here at Challenge to, to be a blessing to one another and to be a blessing um, to, the, to this community here, to to the community of Challenge and ultimately to the to the campuses of Chico State and, and Butte College and um, that the students in Challenge would be known as people in integrity and of love and of real having uh, real relationships with each other, God, that the way that we relate to each other would be different than the world around us, that we would really love each other. I praise things in Christ's name, amen.